This is a podcast from Rover. The Rock Drive. Head. Talk. New Zealand's fastest growing club, Mad Dogs, only need apply. If you're keen to enter, text Mad Dogs, send it off to 3520 and uh, all the way from the UK, from the other side of the globe right now. Um, very, very early in the morning. Joe Matthews, welcome to the show, mate. Hello. Hello, <laughs> there he is. Hey, um, good to have you with us. Let's just hook straight into it. Why do you reckon you should be a part of our Mad Dog Club? Because I'm the craziest post-heart transplant recipient there is ever in the world. <laughs> All right, that's pretty, uh, That's a good start. Let's ever, go. Ever? Let, let's run through it. Let's chat about the heart, heart transplant. Holy yeah. shit. All right, so 19 years old, playing rugby, semi-professional in California. Basically, the first one to every loose ball the best one out there yeah. um i used to race my buddy across i used to go to college for like visa purposes but i used to race my buddy across the um i had a flight of stairs that went over the highway between each side of the campus and i used to race him up the stairs and one day i lost and that never happened and i went and got checked out by the college doctor scared the shit out of her and um uh, she sent me to hospital i didn't turn up when i went straight away she called me saying why the hell aren't you there I caught a virus, which is common in young athletes, and ended up needing a new heart. And I was basically, I was over in America all on my own. Oh. I didn't think anything of it because I thought, oh, they, they said you had an enlarged heart um, and a load of fluid on your lungs. But I just thought, oh, an enlarged heart. I'm an athlete. Most athletes have a, a larger heart. Than... <laughs> you, you were taking that as a compliment, yeah, but they were worried about your impending doom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You had a big ticker, that's exactly, all. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, my tickets are bigger than everyone else. <laughs> um, so they basically said my I had a strong arrhythmia, so my heart wasn't beating like normal, like everyone else's. Um, I walked into hospital with an injection fraction of eleven percent. Now, your every, a normal heart, my heart now, um, the injection fraction is probably about sixty, no more than sixty-five percent. Oh, so my that gosh. means so if it was a hundred percent, you walk. If it was 100%, your walls would stick together. Ooh. So a heart beats at 60%. So it's like... Oh, my Lord. Like that. That If, if, if that's coming across, okay. But mine mine was about 11. I was greeted by an emergency team and um, uh, taken straight to hospital, uh, taken straight to a room where they linked me up with a load of IVs and fluids to try and suppress the heart. Um, went to sleep that night and... <laughs> Woke up and my dad's sitting at the end of the bed and my dad's fucking come from the UK. I'm like, what the fuck's going oh, on? Oh, wow. Uh, that's oh, when you probably, the penny drop, you're like, okay, this is proper serious because yeah. you were just uh, super pumped up that you'd been told that day you had a yeah. big heart. You're like, yeah, boy. And, and then, then dad's out, So you find out a year's passed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. You wake up a year's been gone. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah no, yeah. So I, I was 18. I was 18 when I went into the hospital. I turned 19 in the hospital because I was under 21. They treat you like a kid. Then, like UK, your class is an adult when you hit about 16, 17. So, you know, I trick, I treated myself like that. So, I wanted to know why they weren't telling me everything. Um, basically, they were trying to suppress my heart size with a load of medication that didn't really work. Um, and I had to get transferred from hospital in Santa Cruz to Dominican, uh, to Stanford Hospital, um, in Palo Alto, Stanford University to have a defibrillator fitted, which is a small device that fits underneath your collarbone. 
basically because my heart had a strong arrhythmia, it would shock my heart to make it go back to a normal beat. What a nightmare. Which oh, meant man. I lost my whole rugby, oh, all the rugby career I, I had planned and all the scholarships I had went completely out the window. Um, and basically I got told I could never play contact sports again, which to oh, me was a fucking man. massive kick in the teeth because mm -hmm. yeah. I've, I've played rugby since I was like six years old. So, you know, I've finally done some, not that I hadn't done anything with my life before, but that looked like that was going to be my career. That was going to be, mum, dad, you haven't got to worry about me anymore. And so at what yeah, point do they is. tell you that uh, you'd actually have to have a new heart? And then how does that, like, how, do, how does that unfold? Like, how do you find a new heart? It gets a bit crazy. So when I got transferred to Stanford, I had this defibrillator fitted. Well, in the operation, they slow your heart down to test the defibrillator. They slowed my heart down. The defibrillator was working, but my heart was that weak. It didn't respond to the defibrillator. Oh, so shit. my heart ended up um, flatlining for five and a half minutes. Oh. Um, my mum, my dad, and my brother are there at this time, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I cardiac arrested for five and a half minutes. There was code blue sirens, doctors running in and out of the surgery theatre I was in. Um my dad, my dad, who's the strongest guy I knew at the time, probably still is the strongest guy. He's in tears, apparently. Oh. Um, my mum's uh, a complete and utter wreck. My brother's like, you know, what the fuck's going on? Managed to, obviously, they managed to bring me back. Um, and I was fitted with an LVAD machine, which stands for left ventricle assist device. I woke up thinking I'd be out of the hospital within, I don't know, a week. And I woke up a bit obviously groggy from the operation and I had a thing across my my torso with a pipe coming out of one um, part underneath my belly button and it hitting a dome, blood spinning around and going back up another pipe. I basically had this machine pumping my heart for me when I woke up. So <sighs> Holy oh, shit, you fucking was, turned into Iron Man. Like a, oh man, I'm feeling you for you. Yeah, yeah, so I was, oh. I was in complete fucking shock um freaked out um apparently i tried pulling the machine off <laughs> oh oh so god i'm trying to i, I know it's I'm, I'm trying to pull the thing off so my dad and my brother fucking hold me down to the bed the doctors are coming in on on am restrained to the bed eventually oh. i'm strapped down to this bed and then when i finally come out of um sedation and i realize what's going on and they then tell me that um you're gonna need a new heart um would you like to go on the heart transplant list <laughs> oh my god would you um, like to go on the list so yeah, yeah. So, so a rough day, a rough day. <laughs> well, yeah, which I, which i didn't get which i didn't get well I, I'm, I'm looking at it and like to say well of course i fucking want to go on a list mm, yeah bit of a dumb <laughs> but, question yeah. isn't it yeah, like, i want an i want an yes please put me on so how long did you have to wait between being told you need to go on the list to actually getting your new heart in California, it's slightly different. Um, it's a uh, organ donation is a bigger thing over there compared mm. to everywhere else in the in the world. The machine I was on, I think there was only five in the UK at the time, and I went through four of them in two weeks because I was like trying to get myself fit for the transplant. Wow! Did you get um, to choose at all? Did you get to choose? Who you choose the heart? Yeah. <laughs> did, did they show you the uh, recipient, the, um, the possible uh, the possible donors, or anything like that, or no? No, no, no. It's not. It's it's obviously for confidentiality and all that other stuff. Mm. I'm not really meant to know who my donor is, right? Because there's there's weird when it, 
back when it wasn't so such a thing you know there was recipients receiving organs and their loved ones are trying to t- have a change of thought and they're trying to contact them and like yeah or freak just stalking them saying you've got my sons or you've got oh, my loved ones no. organs oh, yeah we want to we want to be a part there. of your life yeah. it's, it's so it's kind of weird 10 days i had to wait for a heart and in them 10 days I got offered seven hearts. Holy hell. Due to like shit weather at the time they were having in California, um, near Stanford University Hospital, there's not near, but around that vicinity, there's um, a, a road called Highway 17, which is known as like the most dangerous road in around that part of California. Um, and there was shit, shit poor weather. Like, I'm talking like torrential rain and ice and stuff. It was really weird. And my surgeon kept coming in, get off his heart. He had a Harley Davidson. He used to ride his Harley to work. He'd walk in my um <laughs> my little room with my little room with a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and then look at me and they go, Hey Joe, looks pretty shit weather out there. It could be your night tonight. <laughs> and it's like, he'd, he'd just he'd joke he'd joke about shit like that. It's it's such such a weird environment to be surrounded in. Yeah. Because Obviously, they see so much negativity, mm. so they like to see the positive, and they think, "All oh, right, well, you're going to get a heart. We'll yeah. be able to save your life." You know, they're that confident in what they do. I got offered a few hearts; they turned them down because I was in a decent place on the machine, keeping my heart, my current heart beat beating, and I could wait. And then I got offered one. I think it was my fifth heart. They come in and they said, "We've got a heart for you," and I'm like, "Shit, yes, right, yeah." I had like a eight hour wait or something like that before I had to go down to theater. I watched like family gone repeat or something stupid <laughs> like that with my mum. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I went through the whole box set of family guy, just make myself laugh. They um, come in and they clean you down with iodine, like iodine, um, just to make, make sure you're sterile. They wheeled me down to theater for the transplant. And we we're then about to go into the theater doors and a phone went off. And they literally had to wheel me back. They they could they couldn't perform the transplant. What happened? Basically, they have Stanford have their own team who perform on me. When the organ, wherever it come from, say they're going to donate, or their loved ones say they're going to donate, they have a team that harvest that organ, and it was in perfect condition or whatever, and then it gets transported from A to me or the hospital I'm in. They harvest the organ and. It come and then when it gets to Stamford or when it gets to the hospital, you get where you're having the, the um transplant. They have a team, but look at it again. And the surgeon who's before my transplant will look at it again just before you get into theatre, just to make sure he's happy that that's a decent, that's going to work. And obviously he saw it and was like, now nah, we, we want something even better. Wow! Did he just take a look at that heart and just know that it's not the right one? I mean, how do you how do you choose? Obviously, it goes on blood type, which obviously they knew was the correct blood type, and they also look at the recipient it comes from to make sure they're similar to yourself. I felt, I think more than anything, they could see that I was such a, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna be like one of those recipients who get that because I know I've met people that have had heart transplants and they're afraid to run for the fucking bus. Yeah. Mm. Because yeah. they think that heart's gonna, it, it's weird. It's it's a psychological thing more than anything else. They the team obviously looked at it and thought that this isn't the one for Joe. Joe's in a fit place. Mm. Um, well, they're they're coming all the time. 
yeah, you've got like the rest of your life to use that too. Whereas exactly. most people getting heart transplants, arguably, yeah. have, you know, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. halfway through their life or more. Yeah. Okay, so um, you finally get the let's let's uh, go forward a little bit. I'm just weary of time. You got to go to work soon. Um, let's uh, get to you actually get the new heart. Yeah, so I get the new heart. Heart number seven comes down. Um, I meet a load of people after the transplant. Or just before the transplant, I met a few people. I wanted to know who the I wanted to know who the record holders were because I was I'm, I'm very competitive. So I was, <laughs> I was like, I wanted to know who the record holders were for the, for the quickest you know quickest recovery. They brought me this guy in. He he had his heart I don't know ten years at the time, and he said he made it out of hospital within a month. And I looked at I looked at him and I went I'm gonna I, I didn't say I'm gonna fucking smash you but I looked at him and basically said I'll I'll, I'll wipe your record off the floor. I made sure. Beautiful. Long story short, I made sure I was out of the hospital within two weeks. Holy <laughs> shit! Which I thought was uh, two weeks out of the actual hospital. Then I had to go across the road to these apartments because I had to get monitored all the time. But I was out of the hospital. I haven't once used a lift. Or an elevator. I don't know what you guys say—a lift or an elevator. Yeah. Lift, you know, you know, instead of stairs. I've always used the stairs, um, just because I can. And they said I'm probably gonna find that hard to start off with. And I was like, "Fuck it." Every time I went back to the hospital for a checkup, the heart department's on say floor, floor three, and I'd I'd look at look at look at them and wave and take the stairs, go up the stairs, and then come out and see them. Yeah. Um, of um, they said I couldn't do a, a 10k run, which all my friends at the time were going to be doing, and I was like, "Why not?" They went, "Oh, it's only four weeks post transplant, Joe. That's that's ridiculous." Oh my god! And I was like, go. "Well, all right, okay, I, I won't." And I ended up doing it, and I walked into the the clinic the next. I walked into the clinic on my on the the following day for a checkup with the medal around my neck. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Four weeks after a heart transplant, you ran ten k. I think I think it was I think I think it was like four or six weeks, maybe. I, I was yeah. like, oh, I, I did. I, I didn't run it at any particular pace, but I was like, fuck it. You said I couldn't, and uh, I, I, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, okay, so you're obviously then, extremely competitive, and this is where the uh, the next few things unfold after that. So, job done. 10k run uh, down the hatch. What's next? Um, I did the London Marathon under a year after the trial. <laughs> uh, kind of, and and with that, I did. I think the longest run I did before the the London Marathon was like a half marathon a week before. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! So, um, spoke to one of the professors at Stanford, or me and my dad did, and I, I actually returned to playing full contact rugby now. When I was growing up, Joan Lalomu, he's obviously had a kidney transplant. I've had a heart. So wow. his kidney wasn't protected by his rib cage. Yeah. So they, I think they put his kidney in a different position so it was slightly more protected. Mm. Um, but I was like, right, well, John, Joan Lalomu's had this, um, made a return after I was a kidney transplant. He obviously went back and played for Auckland and all the other stuff and everything. Obviously, I wasn't at that level yet. I got given the all clear and I made it back and started playing for a local team in England, close to where I live. They're actually a national one team, which is, I don't know, three, four divisions below the premiership or championship, whatever you want to call it. Um, played for them, got player of the year and top try scorer. I think yeah. I actually tackle harder now 
than I did before I had the transplant. Maybe because I because I'm, I want to protect myself more. I don't want anyone to say, but it's weird. You hit, you see people moan. I'm like, fuck on, what are you moaning for? And they're like, oh, I'm this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, and people, and I don't say anything, but all the other teammates were like, he's had a fucking heart transplant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but, my god! That's incredible. Yeah, man. it's yeah. the nail in the coffin. Um, my son ended up having a heart transplant last year. Oh, how old was he? He died five. He was four. I had to relive the nightmare last year. Oh, dude! But I was told it wasn't genetic, and to this day, it still isn't. It was doing tests and stuff because it was just shit bad luck. But my yeah. son caught the same virus I did. Oh my lord! That is but, um, so yeah, he, he and he had to wait five months for his heart because obviously he was so small oh of course um he was on um a thing called the berlin heart so we had a similar thing that was the shit situation to be in but he's he's back everyone knows that i recovered stupidly quick but he has made me look pathetic so <laughs> really? he, he if the mad dog club is going in years to come he's definitely yeah he yeah i, I won't talk too much about him because Obviously, I'm trying to sell myself, but <laughs> he, um, uh, that's a double me... Hall of Fame entry. Wow. That one. He's made me look pathetic. To be fair, have you uh, done any other um, like uh, running events as well? Because I'm pretty sure I'm scratching my memory bank a little bit. Because it's a couple of weeks ago that's come through, but I'm pretty sure you did another longer run. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've done a few half marathons. I've done a London marathon again, and then obviously, I've been competitive. I competed for. I entered the British Transplant Games and took gold in everything and <laughs> got selected for the Great British team and oh, um, went sick. to the World Games in Australia in 2009, which is where I met my wife because her father had a kidney transplant and he plays golf for the Great British team. For, well, I got gold medal in the 4x400-meter relay team. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure... I'm the quickest heart recipient there is in the in the world. <laughs> uh, I, I was I, I, I seem I seem I seem to be the only heart recipient in any of the finals so of any good. race. Yeah, uh, okay. you know you're at the you're at the, you're at the start line and you're like you're speaking to all these other different recipients who've had all different sorts of organ transplants and you're like oh what what you had and they're like I've had a kidney and I've had I've had a liver and stuff like that and I was like and they're like oh what you had when did you get your kidney I'm like I don't have a kidney I don't have a heart <laughs> <laughs> so um dude that's wow. cool man mate oh, I'm going to give you a standing over yeah. this one I think that's pretty um, special and also in a Mad Dog Club first I want to give <laughs> you and your son Mad Dog Club rings as well because um, I think that's only Easily. fitting. Anyway, no and Easily. I reckon you're just going to have to buy for his one until his fingers fit it. Um, chuck it on a necklace, I reckon. Like, yeah. go and buy a, a sterling silver um, wee chain necklace or something that he can bang around his, uh, bang around his neck because uh, yeah, it'll be too big for a couple of years. But um, I reckon that's... Uh, oh, that'd be brilliant. I, only fitting, mate. We'll get it over to you as soon as we can. That uh, has been an incredible chat, Joe. We uh, appreciate you for coming on. Wonderful yarn, man. I, I, I yeah. almost feel like you're the most deserving mad dog we've ever had um, been put into the mad dog club. Oh, mm. That's bonkers. No, no, I've, I've listened to a few of your mad dog um, stories and they're pretty they're pretty out there mate <laughs> <laughs> well we'll let you get to work now because we know um, yeah we don't want to make you late for work and if you are late apologise to your boss from us but um, I'm not I'm not going to be late I'm, I'm, I got up early oh, you <laughs> thank you yeah, bloody beauty Jay and Duck have a podcast and this is it 
You're listening to it.